part five of a message entitled, or I've got to stop saying entitled. I don't think that's proper. Titled. I've said it for 18 years. Titled. I just need a little help every once in a while. The, The title of the message is that we might know. And it's part five. And tonight we're going to focus on the renewing knowledge, the renewing knowledge of Christ. The renewing knowledge of Christ. And it's a very important statement. And we'll see it in the scriptures tonight. But let's start out as we have in the previous sessions concerning this matter. Uh, in our, with our springboard scripture, 1 Corinthians 2 and 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received. Everybody say, I have received. Not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. The Bible doesn't say that we are receiving or that we're going to receive. It says we have received. It's in the past. We've already been welcomed into the beloved and we've already received the Spirit of God. Now the other things here that we've got to learn that we have been freely given, we've got to learn how to access those which is freely by grace. You can't buy what God's already purchased through the giving of His Son. You can't do any work to receive anything from the Lord. He's already did the work. And I want to read this again. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, this is talking about the born again experience because before that all we had was the spirit of the world, the sin nature and the enemy. It's talking about us being born again. We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that being the spirit of God that we might know. And that tells us something right there. We can't know what we're supposed to know without the Spirit of God. These people out there trying to sell a move of God, trying to make a move of God happen without the gospel, my friend, that's not what God gave us. God gave us a finished and a perfect work in His Son at Calvary. And the Spirit that's of God is the only avenue of us knowing, that means being sure, no doubt, the things that are freely given to us of God. So again, let me say tonight at the onset of this message that you need to know some things. And if you don't, your life could be in just danger spiritually. And however your life is spiritually, that's going to have effect on you and all the other aspects of your life. The way you think, the way you function, physical. I mean, all that is tied to spiritual matters. The Bible says envy, and what is it? Envy is rottenness to the bone. Envy and strife, rottenness to the bones. Envy will rot your bones. That's what God says. So spiritual matters affect all matters because we are spirit beings. We're a living soul and we're also a spirit. Amen. So you got to know some things. If you don't know some things, if you're not excelling in the knowledge of Christ, which is the only knowledge God is offering you that will excel you into the things of Christ, then you're not going to be able to grow. You're going to get yourself in big trouble because what we need at every turn is the knowledge of God. What do I do here? Well, what do I need here? I need the knowledge of God. 
I need the wisdom of God. I need to know what God's leading me to do here, what he's desiring me to do, which way he wants me to go, where I need to be in church. I need to hear from the Lord. Amen. If you're going to hear from him, he's going to take you straight to Calvary where you can hear from him. And if you refuse to go there, you're not going to hear from him. Amen. You're not going to know what to do with the voice that you are hearing because it's, it's going to be disturbing and really unrecognizable. You say, is that a possibility? Well, is it a possibility for people to be gathered up somewhere and the hand of Jesus be knocking on the door and they don't even know it's him? The Bible says it is. The Bible says that happens, that they're gathered up. Many people, well, it was written about the church in Laodicea. He's knocking. Behold, I stand and knock at the door. If any man hear my voice, that's written to the church. A lot of people are hearing something, but they're not acknowledging it. Amen. You've got to know something. And what you have to know is the Word of God. That's what you have to know. But you have to know the Word of God in its proper context. You and I cannot open up the Bible and take a verse and try to put it on the refrigerator and declare that God's going to do this in my life because that's not how God works. A little too quiet up in here. That's not how God works. He chooses the Scriptures. He, he guides you in the path. It, he chooses the Word. Amen. He, he chooses the word that's going to be the lamp to our feet and the light to our path. And th this is where we learn in the word of God. Amen. And I've said it here recently two or three times. The New Age Church, they, they say they, we don't need theology. We don't need doctrine. We don't need all that. I, we just love Jesus. Let me tell you something. More than likely, they're not even loving the right Jesus. That's it. If you don't want sound doctrine, if you, if you listen, if you don't, if you're not interested in learning the truth, more than likely you're not loving the right Jesus. That's right. The right Jesus is the living Word, and your heart as a Christian burns when you hear the Word. You know the story of Jesus walking on the road to Emmaus with the two disciples. When he left, they said, "Did our heart not burn when he talked to us?" In the scriptures. If you're a true Christian, your heart is going, if you're walking with the Lord and your heart is right with the Lord, your heart is going to burn to hear the word of God. Amen. Amen. So let's turn tonight in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 5 there. Not going to back up and read this. Well, who said I wasn't? Let's back up. Colossians chapter 3, now, we're going to read a few verses here, so hang on. Verse 1. Colossians chapter 3. If you then be risen with Christ, and you are if you're saved, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection, your mind, on things above, not on things on the earth. Wow. Wow. If we could grab a hold of that. Amen. For you are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life shall appear. Then shall you also appear with him in glory. Mortify. Here we go now. Mortify meaning put to death. Therefore your members which are upon the earth. This is what you're to put to death. Fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience, in the which you also walked sometimes, meaning in the past, 
when you lived in them. But now you also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Let me say that again. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Let me say that again. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Let me say that again. Filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another. Why are we told? Why are we have to, why do we have to be told not to lie? Because we will in a heartbeat. Yes, we will. Not me, brother. Yes, especially you. <laughs> lie not one to another, seeing. Everybody say seeing. seeing. That's the important word where we are right now. If you don't see, you can't do. Right. Come on. And if you don't know, you can't see. You got to know to see, and then the doing takes place. It's all by faith. Let me put that out there. You see by faith, you know by faith, and the actions carried out are by faith. Amen. The spirit of faith, the Holy Spirit. So watch now. Seeing that you have, everybody say, have. Again, he's referring to, To the born again experience. Seeing you have put off the old man. When did you put off the old man? When you were born again. It's a beautiful picture, I tell you. When you accepted Christ and what he did at Calvary, the Bible says that when you believed with the heart under righteousness, that Romans 10 and 10, Romans 6 and 3 says, we were immersed into the death of Christ. When you and I were immersed into Christ, we were ridded of the old man in that death and put on the new man, which is created in that righteousness and true holiness that our hearts believed unto. The new man is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's who Jesus is. And when we entered into him, into his death, the operation of God, the old man was put to death and put off, and the new man was put on. The new man was put on. In your born-again experience, that's why he says here, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. The old man got some deeds you don't want to know about. Let me say it a different way. The old man got some deeds that you remember. The old man got some deeds that still show up sometimes. If they didn't, we wouldn't need to even be talking about this. If they didn't show up, if the residue of that old nature didn't show up, if whatever you want to call it, the principle of sin, the the, the flesh, uh, the sin nature, whatever you want to call it, it's going to show up. The law of sin, it's going to be there. When you're trying to do good, you always got something opposing you in you, not somebody, something in you. Boy, y'all got quiet on that. It might be some folk out there don't like you and don't like what you're preaching, but the bigger problem is that thing in you that don't like what you're believing. Amen. Paul's answer for the law of sin he found in his members wasn't moving up in a cave in the mountain and getting away from everybody. It was the Lord Jesus Christ, what he did at Calvary. So let's hang out here now. Seeing that you have put off the old man. He was put off. Listen, he's already been put off. 
with his deeds. This is again written in Galatians chapter 5, verse 24, where it tells us those that have been crucified with Christ have put off the affections and lust and its affections, what does it say, of the old. Let's go look at it. I'm not quoting it like I need to. I don't have it in my notes. Galatians 5 and 24, I know it's there. Right here it says, And they that are Christ have, not are going to, not need to. It's a done deal. We need to learn to live in the done deal. I said we need to learn to walk in a, in a done deal. We need to learn to live in what's done and finished and perfect. I'm not perfect, but now I'm following a perfect Savior. I don't get everything right, but He never gets anything wrong. And we need to live in this place where we realize that we're talking about knowing. We're not talking about hoping in some worldly hope. Well, I, I hope it works. And people come into the message of the cross like that and they go right back out there where they come from because they didn't never step into it and surrender to it. You've got to give your heart to the truth of Calvary. Amen, Amen. because that's the only place God's delivering you unto always. He's not delivering you into, into anything else always. But the death of his son, and this is another reason why I believe we'll find a million before the rapture if the Lord tarries, but it's so we can be constantly, I said constantly, habitually, perpetually reminded moment by moment that I have put off the old man. Hallelujah. I have been crucified with him. Glory. I'm now living and experiencing what the new man has. It was created in righteousness and true holiness. But he says here now in verse 9, Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds. In verse 10, and, everybody say and, because here it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a what do they call it, conjunction? Is that it? School teachers, conjunction. Y'all remember that thing when we was growing up with kids? These kids, they don't know it. Conjunction, junction, watch your function. <laughs> Bunch of elderly folk. <laughs> We got up every Saturday morning and heard that. <laughs> Wasn't but five cartoons on. That was one of them. And have put on, watch verse 10 now. You got to get this tonight because here it comes right here. And have put on the new. Now, wait a minute. Seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and you also have put on the new. Again, you're talking about what happened to Calvary. You're talking about what happened before the foundation of the world, actually, but had to be manifest 2,000 years ago on a hill called Calvary in a man named Jesus. When he died, he was lifted up, he was delivered up, and he drew. He has drawn all men unto him and those that come to him being drawn to the blood by the blood, when, when, when they're born again, the old man is gone. See, because ain't nothing of the old creation going to heaven. Everything of the old creation is going to literally be destroyed and forgotten forever. Amen. Only the new creation is going to exist for eternity. And it was all, it all began on, on Calvary's cross. Before that, it was old creation. All old creation. Jesus made a new creation, we'll see it in the Bible, in himself. It's where the new, in himself. Yeah. It's where the new creation is. It's nowhere else. 
One day we'll be on a new earth with new heavens that'll make this one look like the ghetto. But I promise you, even as beautiful as the sunrise and the sunset are now, they're going to look like pitiful when we see that. But even all of that, the new heavens and the new earth, it all was created in Christ Jesus because of the cross. You see, without the cross, there wouldn't be a new man. There wouldn't be a promise of a new heaven and a new earth because if it, if it weren't for the cross, there wouldn't be a door into what God had planned and calls new. Everything's old and must perish. Everything that's old under the old creation must perish. It must go away. Even, even the old covenant has been done away with, the Bible says, so that the new can be established. Yeah. Nothing of the old is going to make it into the new Nothing. Everything has to be created new. The heavens, the earth, you. You have to be put to death and made new in Christ Jesus. So watch this now, verse 10. And you have put on the new. Now wait a minute. Watch, watch what we're talking about now. You've put on the new man here. That's what he's talking about. You have put on the new man. You, listen, it happened when you were saved. You were fully dressed and fully armed in Christ Jesus as the new creation in him, the new man in him. And we need to learn, and we really need to learn a whole lot of things we've never really learned before, I don't believe, about how, and I mentioned it earlier, that it, it's only the new man, which is your new created spirit, that's who he is. It's only that part of you that can receive inspiration from the Holy Spirit. Our emotions take place because of all outward things. Outward things affect our emotion, but the inward man, this new creation, he wasn't saved by emotion. And he's not moved by emotion. He's moved by the Spirit of God alone. And too much of the church is living on emotions, led by their emotions, instead of that inner inspiration from the Holy Spirit to that newly created spirit we have called the new man. We need to learn about that. I'm not getting too deep, but we need to learn about that. We need to be learning about that. The Bible says in Romans 8 that our spirit bears witness with the Spirit of God that we are the children of God. You think about it. When we start doubting, the devil starts lying, and we start doing dumb stuff that makes it look like, how could I be saved and have done something like that? Because whatever we did or whatever lie we heard, it charged up some emotions. We need to get still and not be moved by those emotions. We need to get still and hear from the Holy Spirit. We need to listen to Him because those emotions won't guide you right. They will mess you up. Decisions don't need to be made when you're all emotional. You need to get still and listen to the one that dwells inside you. Mm, We're going to learn about that. 
have put on the new. Which, look, now this, this is not the old. Now, the old cannot be not experience what we're about to talk about being experienced. The old man is dead, gone. God don't have nothing to do with your old man. Let me say it again. God has nothing to do with your old man. Nothing. The only way God has access to you now is to and through the new man he made you at Calvary in Christ. That's his only access to you to move you. Men can move you by what they say or you can be moved by how you feel. Somebody comes up and gives you this or takes away something from you and you're moved by from outward things but you need to be still and you need to know some things. I said know them. Watch. And you have put on the new which is renewed in knowledge This is the new man. The old man's not renewed. The new man is renewed. You know what that means? He's renewed and he's renewed and he's renewed. There's a Bible verse somewhere that says the outer man is perishing but the inner man is being renewed. Oh, oh, oh. The new man needs to be renewed. The Bible says day by day. But the good news is it's renewed. It's just re- all God's got to offer you is the reality of who you are in Christ. That's right. Come on. And uh, that's a new creation. That's, right. that's, that's what He offers you, Amen. the knowledge of who Christ is, what He did at Calvary, so that you can experience who He is in you and who you are in Him. Mm. And have put on the new, the new which is renewed in knowledge, but how? How does this work? Look, it says if we'll put on, not, not if we will, but because we have put on the new, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Notice it does not say after the knowledge of him that created him. It says after the image of him. That created him. So there's an image that you've got to see. You've got to see an image. You've got to see an an image means you're looking at something. And it's not talking about with the natural eye here. This is talking about what you see that God's showing you. We have put on the new, which is renewed in knowledge. How is the new man renewed? Does the new man need to be renewed? How is the new man renewed? After, meaning according to, and I hope you go home and check it out, the word after, it means like Brother Don, somebody got uh, John Moses, and somebody say, you take after your daddy. Well, he really looks more like his mama, but right now. You know what they say? You, you take after your dad. Or you take after your mother. Or you take after, you're like your grandpa. That's what, that's what this means after. The new, the new man is renewed in knowledge according to that which it was joined to. 
I hope you go home and look the definition of these words up. You'll see that I didn't pull them out of the Webster's. I pulled them right out of what was written here in the Greek. And it's what this word means. After that our new man is renewed. That means new all over again. And then what? New all over again. And then what? New all over again. There's nothing for the new man but newness. It's newness. Because he lives by Christ. He was created by Christ. In righteousness and true holiness. So let's read this again, verse 10. And have put on the new, which is renewed in knowledge, after the image of Him that created Him. After the image of Him. You've got to see the image of Him to know the one that created the new man. Well, my Bible says Jesus is the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person. And when Jesus was dying on Calvary's cross, he there displayed God as God had, would, would never have been seen or known any other way. The Bible says that God is love. Amen. John 8, what is it? Two verses in First uh, John chapter uh, 4 Verses 8 and 16, I think, twice we're told God is love. 1 John 4, 9 and 10, the Bible tells us that at the cross, it tells us twice, verses 9 and 10 in 1 John chapter uh, 4, that the cross was the manifestation of God's love, meaning the manifestation of God. Because He is love. And the cross reveals the mercy, the grace, the loving kindness, it reveals God in more than all of creation. You, listen, you can know that there is a God by looking up into the heavens, but you can't know God without the cross of Christ. The cross of Christ is so revealing of who God is. There's nothing else that reveals God to that degree. Nothing. Amen. That's good stuff. So that's the image. And I have to tonight. Again, I don't have this. Let's go and look for it. Uh, First Peter. All I ever do is have a Bible study, and, and you just get to be a part of it. But I'm so thankful you're here tonight to be a part of it. Here, First Peter chapter 2. Let's look at that tonight because I've told you before here recently over the last few months, uh, sometimes time gets away from me, and I forget how long we've been talking about something. You're not going to believe this, Brother Don. You're not going to believe this. I'm working finally on my Romans commentary in writing to get the book started. I've worked on the first eight chapters and been almost blind the last two or three days. But way back in the first two or three chapters of, of Romans, I was talking about 2 Corinthians 4.11. I thought we just got started by that here recently. It's over and over in there. And I'm like, my Lord, has it been that long? But God's been trying to get the door to open to these truths. Yeah. And I'm thankful for it. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2 and start in verse 21. We're going to see something. We're going to see how God saw Christ at Calvary. I began three years ago or thereabouts asking the Lord, Lord, and you've heard me say this before. I, I, Lord, I want you to show me. Lord, show me what you saw at Calvary. 
Show me what you saw at the cross. And the Lord began to show me scriptures like this, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example, that you should follow his steps. He's talking about suffering. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. That's what God saw at Calvary. Now one more, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. This, this is the other witness in the word that goes along with that witness in the word we just read, Philippians 2, 8, concerning what God saw and had Paul write so we could see what God thinks about Calvary. See what God thinks about what his son did at Calvary for us. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. When God saw that, God highly exalted him to a seat higher than all others, with a name higher than all others. When God saw that, that's what it took for you to become a new creation in Christ. So we see what God saw, that's the image that God saw. What did God see? God saw a perfect man with perfect humility, perfect obedience, yeah. even unto death, humble while he was being reviled, humble and obedient while he was dying and being threatened without retaliating to men. He did not respond to men, but he did respond. He responded to God. He responded to his Father from the Garden of Gethsemane all the way till it is finished. He was responding to the one that sent him. Yeah with a commandment to lay his life down and to take it up again so that the floodgates of heaven could open up and all people could enter into Christ. And in entering into Christ, we enter into an eternal new creation. Somebody said, Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But this, this knowledge, this knowledge that's renewed or this new man, rather, that's renewed in knowledge can only be renewed in the knowledge that's after the image of him that created him. See, see, you, you don't get to go home tonight with your own little wishy-washy daydreams about what you feel like you want to see. God gives you what you need to see. Because if you know the truth, the reason the truth will make you free is because you believed it and God showed it to you. Amen. Watch this now. Have put on the new, which is renewed in not. The new man is renewed in not. Most Christians don't even know the new man needs to be renewed. My new man needs to be renewed because if I'm not in the renewal process, I'm not looking at the image I need to be looking at. Again, that's why he delivers us unto death always for Jesus' sake so that we might express the one who's responsible for making the new man that we are. If the new man is being renewed in this knowledge, he's expressing Christ. 
Not expressing himself. He's expressing Christ. Now, watch this now. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15. You taking some good notes tonight? That'll be my next sermon right there. Hallelujah. Angel, you taking good notes tonight too? Note takers. I might steal your notes. Get me another sermon. No, I'm taking some too. Look at it. He might run out of ink soon. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2, verse 15. Having abolished in his flesh. Everybody say, in his flesh. That means what Jesus did in his flesh. Man, those few hours there. On that one day, that one man, on that one hill, on that one cross, in the center of all the time that God has given humanity in this age, a new creation was brought into existence as an old one had the curtain pulled on it. There's still a lot of noise going on behind the curtain God pulled on the old, but soon there's going to become a hush to all of that. You're not going to hear anything but the noise coming out of the new creation, which is praise and worship to the Lamb forever and forever. Hallelujah. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments. I said he abolished it. He, that means he destroyed. He he got rid, he put it aside. He said, that's the old. I'm doing away with it so I can establish the second. Watch this now. Having abolished in his flesh, where did he do it? In his flesh, the enmity, even the law of commandments, contained in ordinances. And here's to do what? To make in himself of two one new man. So making peace. Where did he make the new man? At the cross. How does the new man live? Through faith in the cross. This ain't something we get past, folks. This is something we live with and boast in. This is something we boast in every day, moment by moment. This is something we either get determined to know nothing other, or we're going to let everything else come and take it away. If we don't get determined to know nothing else, then we're going to be determined to leave a little crack here and a little crack there. And before you know it, we got doors everywhere and all kind of, and we wake up one day and wonder what happened. It's because we chose not to be determined to know nothing else. It's a choice you make, just like when you chose to be saved. Amen. Let me say something about ministries. These ministries that at least have the knowledge that the cross is the answer from everything God's offering and that only through faith in the sacrifice and that rule, that sphere does the Holy Spirit work. Ministries that know that and don't become determined to know nothing other than that, then they will start allowing other things to come in. Because what happens is the message of the cross is beginning to put out push away everything that's not it. Yeah. And if that's not happening, then the only alternative is all that other stuff is dimming the flames of where the fire comes from. And it's such a subtle, deceitful, deceptive thing that the flesh wants to see happen. But I told some folks the other day, while I'm breathing, while I'm breathing, we're going to preach this message. We're going to boast in that lamb. We're going to boast in the cross because God said that's all I'm allowing you to boast in. If you're boasting in anything else, he says, you're not boasting in me. 
Amen. All throughout the history of God dealing with men, there's been a man here, there's been a man there, and they begin to walk in the flaming fires of Calvary's cross and its great truth, and all of a sudden at some point, either when they die or during their life, at some point it, it dwindles down and gets moved away, and we go ages again before a fire ignites again. The fire is here, hallelujah, and you don't have to let it go out on your watch. You don't have to let it go out on your watch. It'll cost you many things. But Paul said, anything it cost me, I'm going to count it as dung. Hallelujah. For the sake of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. To make in himself of two one new man. One new man. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Now I'm trying to finish here. Y'all hold me up tonight. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 is one of the most popular verses in the Bible. It says this, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, if you're in Christ, say, I'm in Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You're a new creature. You didn't do it. God did it. You didn't make you a new creature. You didn't just decide you'd be a new creature. No, you got your feelings hurt when you heard the gospel. You got your feelings hurt when you heard the gospel and somebody told you ain't no way to God, ain't no way to heaven except through faith in Jesus and what he did at the cross. We got our feelings hurt over that. Said, no, there's got to be another way. A man told me, and he ain't the only one, he told me, yeah, that's just too easy. Got to be more to it than that. He better be glad it ain't, but he don't even know it ain't. He thinks he's got to do something to get in. And he won't make it unless he humbles himself. And believes the gospel. The gospel is the only avenue to become a new creation. And the power of the cross, the gospel, is the only way to live as the new creation. You're not going to live as the new creation unless that new creation is being renewed in knowledge after the image of the one that created him. That's what your Bible says. See, the church don't want to hear this stuff. This is too sound. This is too pinpoint, right? This is it, or it ain't working for you. And that's what we don't like. What do you mean? Y'all think y'all the only ones that know it. Y'all think y'all the only one got it going on. No, we got scripture. You want to sit down and talk about it? No, I ain't got time for that. We got time. I got time. The only way the new man is experiencing Christ as he should in expressing him is if he's accepting his designated and assigned position of being dead and hidden with Christ in God. If we don't accept that, then that means we're still trying to make too much out of this life. They overcame the devil by the power of the blood and the word of their testimony and what? And they what? Love not their lives unto death. Mm. Mm. Anybody ask you, why don't they, why don't they, why don't they want to hear about the cross? Because they love their lives. They love this world. We've been crucified to it. When we get a revelation of that, we'll want to hear the message that reveals more of the reality of just what we've been crucified to and it to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, how many things? 
That means he didn't use anything from the old to make you new. He didn't use anything of the old to make you new. He didn't use your ability to do whatever it is you can do so well. The new man was created in righteousness and true holiness. So that tells us another picture of what Calvary was really all about. How, was the, how did the new creation come into existence? What was the soil, if you will, of its creation? Righteousness and true holiness. What is the new country that we're seeking after? What is it? It's a, it's a city, it's a country wherein dwells righteousness. And the only avenue of holiness is righteousness. Amen. Amen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. New. One more scripture, and then I'll have to quit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. Again, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. <coughs> Don't you love the Word of God? My goodness, I love the Word of God. I remember in 1994 when the Lord got a hold of me and, 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 and some woman sent Robin home with a hardback NIV Bible. I still got that old Bible. I saw a pile of Bibles up in an old closet in my house the other day. I was looking for a specific Bible. I got up on a chair and got up in there and looked around. I said, there's that old NIV, that hardback NIV right there. Let me touch it just one time. It's still real. <laughs> it didn't do nothing for me. But I remember them days, reading that Bible, couldn't get enough, just reading all the way through that Bible, just all them stories of my true family, reading all those stories of what God did, and he's encouraging me, reminding me that if he did that, he can do more for you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving, this is Andrew read this Sunday morning, for all things are for your sakes that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many result or redound to the glory of God. For which cause, for that cause, is why we're not going to faint. That's what it says. For which cause, we faint not. For that cause, what's there, what is it, Psalms 35, 27, that those who favor my righteous cause, let them shout for joy. That's why we go around shouting all the time. That's why I shout all day in the house. Amen. I shout on the way to shop. Y'all think, he, you kidding? I shout all day. I shout all day. Somebody ought to shout, hallelujah. That's just silly. You call it what you will. I call it praise and worship, hallelujah. There you go. Mm. Watch now. For which cause we faint not. What cause? Well, back up. I still got five minutes. For all things are for your sakes. And you got to remember where this is written right after we're being told that we're delivered always unto death. And then that death is working in us. And then that, verse 13, is, defines the spirit of faith. And then just two verses later... Verse 15, let's read it. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. You want to glorify God? It's going to come through thanksgiving, through you giving Him thanks because your faith is in the sacrifice of Christ and you're receiving grace and you're seeing and knowing everything's for my sake. 
Everything that happens to me is being worked together for my good in spite of the way it looks. Not going to be moved by my emotions. I'm going to be moved by that small, still voice that's speaking to me as a new creation. For which cause? For that cause. What cause? But we want to glorify God. For that cause, we think not. But though our outward man perish. Can I tell y'all tonight? And y'all still love me? You, you died. You died. Your outward man is dying. And the older you get, the more you know it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I get up in the morning, I think, man, how old am I? I get around now like, how old am I? I'm doing good for an old codger, I think. Watch now, Robin says, quit calling yourself that. Watch now. Though the outward man perish, and it is perishing, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. How many times have you quoted that? How many times have you had it quoted? How many times have you quoted it to somebody else trying to encourage them? And here's the confirmation. You got them, take them to Calvary when you quote it. Yes. Just telling somebody that, they don't really know. That's right. See, the cross is knowing ground. That's it. You didn't know God till you trusted in Calvary. Jesus and what he did there. You didn't know him. You didn't know you needed to get in church. You didn't know you needed to get a Bible. You didn't know anything until you got saved. Then you began as the new creation to need to know something. You, you're the new man. He still needs to know something. He needs to be renewed in what? Knowledge. After the image, this goes back to, you've got to preach the cross, then you can learn all the word through that. You don't take a break from Calvary to go try to learn some things about the Word. All the rest of the Word, all the other topics and, and, and things in the Word of God are there to enhance our view of what we're being delivered unto always. Amen. Mm. Boy, would we grab a hold of that. The inward man is renewed day by day if, if we're beholding the image of the one who created him. Think about that. And I'm not going to get into that stuff, but we will later about the spirit but of man. But the only way we can be renewed day by day, the Bible says it, is after the image of the one who created him. And the word image there is very important. That means there's something you see with your new man's eyes. Your new man can see. He knows where to look. This flesh don't want to look there. The new man was created there and he loves looking upon the image of the one that made him. Think about that. I need to say that again. The new man loves looking upon the image that created him. I hope you go to bed thinking about that tonight. The new man is renewed in knowledge after the image of the one that created him. 
And we saw in the scriptures, Christ created us in himself. That's good. That's better than good. That's truth. That's knowledge that we need to be growing in and holding dear. Amen. And sharing. No matter who wants to hear it or not. We need to, how's the church going to wake up? We don't go up there and shake them. I didn't want to get up when I was growing up on Saturday morning. My daddy put them hard whiskers on me and say, Get up, son. You sleeping your life away. <laughs> I'd say, Get out of here, Dad. Hey, hey, get out of here. How the church going to wake up if there ain't nobody sounding the alarm? Amen. All you got to do is preach the gospel. Preach the God. The power is in the gospel. Amen. Praise the Lord. Would you stand with me? We better quit tonight. Thank the Lord for His goodness. Hallelujah. Oh, what...